and welcome to Grade 7's Talks to Experts, a podcast where Grade 7 students talk to experts and find more about their specialty. I am your host for this episode, Jackson, and I am a student at College Park School in Lindminster, Alberta. Before we get to our expert for this episode, I just wanted to share a little bit about who we are and what we will be doing in our podcast. We are a class of 25 Grade 7 students in a non-traditional classroom setting where we are focusing on experience-based learning using a STEAM approach. That's STEAM, which stands for science, technology, engineering, art, and math. We want to answer that age-old question of why do I have to learn this by directly connecting to what we study inside the classroom with the world outside the school. For our podcast, students will be contacting an expert that they know in in their lives. This person can be an expert in their professional job uh, or in what what could traditionally be considered a hobby or interest. So without further delay, I am pleased to introduce our expert for this episode, who is an expert on the municipal government, the mayor of Lloydminster, his honor, Mr. Gerald Albers. Thanks, Jackson. Thanks for the invitation. All right. Let's start by getting to know you. Please tell us about yourself. Well, I am a resident of the city of Lloydminster. We, my family, I moved my family here 16 years ago to work in the oil and gas industry. I hail from southeast Saskatchewan, a small community there. And uh, I've had the opportunity to live across Western Canada in various communities and experience life in small in cities and small towns. And it's really exciting to be the opportunity to be the mayor of the city of Lloydminster. Tell us about being the mayor. What do you do? Well, what do I do? There's no two days the same as the mayor. Some days I'll start here at the office uh, early because because we're a bi-provincial city. Before the the clocks turned again with the spring, uh, we would do meetings in Saskatchewan with the Saskatchewan mayors, as an example, and they might start at 8 o'clock in Saskatchewan at 7 o'clock our time. Uh, Some days I may not have any meetings at all. And lately, all the meetings as you were doing today, we're doing it uh, over uh, two computers. So I spend a lot of time looking at a computer these days. Other days, I take inquiries from residents, either that have phoned or emailed or sent a letter. And people still send letters, which I appreciate. And I'll be responding to those inquiries as to concerns or asking questions. Some other times, I'm busy talking to governments talking about money and the need for money to help support our municipality in the form of grants and other times talking to business people and residences just about what's going on in our city and trying to stay up to tune with that and seeing what's going on around the world because I do watch the news because it has an effect on our city. All right. Um, How many people were in your family growing up? I just have a younger brother, so I had mom and dad, and uh, myself and a younger brother. So we have a we had a small family, I guess, compared to some. All right, uh, what is your family like now? Well, I, my wife and I, I've been married for almost thirty-one years to a beautiful lady named Christine, and we have three children. They are adults. And we are working away. Uh, one in Ottawa, one in Toronto, and one in Wolfville, Nova Scotia. So they have uh, they're leading their lives. They've uh, completed their education or university to this point, I believe. Uh, that may change again, but uh, right now they're all working and uh, having a great time. 
All right. Um, have you ever thought about running for a place in the provincial or even federal government? Actually, I considered running in a provincial or federal government long before I even considered mayor. But one of the challenges that I ran into was we never stayed in one place long enough due to work, the, the work that paid my the bills every day. And, we, and when we got to Lloyd Minster, uh, I hadn't really given it consideration. And then uh, as time went on, the mayor's thing uh, crossed my mind. There we are today in the rest of history, as they say. But uh, I really enjoy being able to talk to people on a, on a very regular basis. And they enjoy being home every night. So that's one of the challenges of running provincially or federally is you have to almost maintain two homes, one in Regina or Edmonton, in our case of our MLAs, or in Ottawa. And I don't know if I'm quite ready to do that. So I think I'm quite content where I'm at. All right. Uh, at this moment, I will have Ricky come up and ask a couple questions for you. All right, thank you. Uh, like JB said, my name is Ricky, and my question for you is when you were running for mayor, do you think you would win, or were you worried at something that you might lose? Well, Ricky, when I ran for mayor, I was worried about winning. Uh, if it's if you're not worried about winning, you're not out doing your job, I don't think, from because you're campaigning to win, but you also have to be prepared to lose. So during the campaign, not everybody told me they were going to vote for me, and I understood that. So I really didn't know where I stood until election night, and even at election night, I had two two speeches prepared, one if I did win and one if I didn't win, because you also have to be prepared to accept what people uh, choose, and that's their choice. So that's what's really nifty about an election, especially for an elected office. There is a possibility that you're not going to win, and you have to be prepared for that. You run to win, but uh, to hopefully win the, the contest. As uh, to be elected, but at the end of the day, you have to be prepared for both. So, yeah, I was a little, I was nervous right till the end. And my other question for you is: Ever since you've become mayor, is it everything you hope for? Is it, or is it different? No, there's a lot of things that I had hoped that it would be, but it's there are also differences because every day the job changes. Uh, like I say, never two days the same. So there's it's days that I feel really good that we've moved the city forward as a council and working with administration. And other days I go home and I go, boy, I'm a little frustrated. We didn't get very much accomplished today because some days that happens. And sometimes it's weather related. Sometimes it's policy related. Sometimes it's just the governments that we have to deal with don't move things forward. So we were frustrated. But uh, yeah, it's it's a really exciting job. And like I say, I'm really enjoying it. Thank you for answering our questions. Thank you. Um, what is a typical day like for you? Well, usually it starts about eight o'clock in the morning when I arrive at City Hall. And uh, depend if there's items on my desk that need signature, because uh, a lot of the documents that the, the city produces or at the end of the when something's decided at council, it results in um, my signature being put on paperwork after it's been completed, such as bylaws or policies, things like that. Even the minutes of the meetings after they've been approved by council, they are initialed by the mayor and the city clerk as an example. So that's how I start my morning. Usually it's cleaning up 
paperwork that I hit my computer and start to see what's uh, what's happened for emails and follow up some of the news information that I get from various municipalities and from around the world. And then depending on the day, there might be meetings. Some mornings, like I say, I will start with a meeting and I'll have up to, I've had up to seven meetings in one day, such as an appointment today. And I say meetings, they're appointments. Other times there's no meetings or appointments. So then I'm just able to, to do paperwork and read. All right. Um, what do you do for fun? What do I do for fun? <clears throat> well, I enjoy reading and I enjoy spending time in the backyard, sun tanning when the sun does come out. Also enjoy having campfires here in our backyard or in our front yard. And in the summertime, I really enjoy fishing and uh, being out on a lake. And spending time with my family when I get the chance. All right. Um, uh, did you live in Lloydminster as a kid? What was it like? I did not live in Lloydminster as a kid. I grew up on a farm, so it was a little different. But I was only a mile from town, as I knew it, uh, from our village. So I would ride my bicycle in often. I helped uh, a friend of mine with his paper route and things like that. But uh, yeah, I participated in sports on different teams, but I also worked on a farm as well. So it was uh, it was really interesting. I had a dog, couple cats. We had cows, pigs, chickens, uh, geese, turkeys, and uh, we grew grain. So there was a lot of things. We were pretty busy. Um, what was school like for you when you were younger? School was not one of my favorite subjects, like for some, I, but it got better in high school. I found elementary school just a little tougher, but high school, is, uh, I had a lot more, enjoyed school more and started to find some subjects that I really enjoyed. Some not, maybe like yourselves, not as much as others, but uh, it was really interesting. I went to school in a, in a relatively small school. You talk about 25 in your class. Uh, I graduated with nine students. That's our whole high school. Was uh, there was nine grade twelve students, so there was about fifty high school students. Period, and that was from seven to twelve. So it was a very smaller school than the city of Lloydminster. So every one of you, as you say, uh, we know you might know somebody that has older. You might have older brothers and sisters that have graduated from the comp. And yeah, there's three hundred graduates or better, and I graduated with nine. I knew everybody really well, and I knew their parents even better. Wow. Um, uh, what do you specifically remember about grade seven? Grade seven was our transition year uh, from what we called elementary school to the other end to the high school. So we had to we had to hang around with seven to grade twelve. So we knew the grade twelves kind of they did they were trying to get used to us because we were new and they were leaving, and it was uh, we. Played sports uh, with the uh, with grade twelves, grade elevens, grade tens. So a little different from the school system we have in Lloydminster, where you guys are sort of in that uh, in that junior high, and you'll head over to the the comp. We were already basically at the comp in grade seven. So looked up to some people and went, wow, and you know they were really good volleyball players and good basketball players, and we weren't quite as tall, so we weren't as good. And uh, yeah, it was pretty interesting. All right. Um, if someone were to write a book about you, what would be a good title? Oh, goodness. That's a really good question. Um, the, uh, the Life and Experiences 
of of Gerald. All right. Uh, why would that be a good title for you? Well, we've I have uh, had various. We've lived in a number of different places. I've worked in various businesses and worked in various industries. So when you did, if you just said, "What was I in?" When I graduated from high school. Uh, what did I want to be? I had three choices. I went to university for one of those choices, and I enjoy all three, but they're not my current profession. So it's kind of interesting. There's a lot of different pieces to myself. All right. Um, is there a lot of stress when it comes to this job? There is times when there is stress, and one of the stresses are you try to solve the problem that somebody brings forward, and sometimes there's no solution that's, that can be obtained or it's not the solution that people want. People often want people to fix problems, and I'd like to be able to fix everybody's problems, but sometimes those problems can't be fixed, or we can't fix them to their satisfaction of that person, because there are rules and policies and procedures and bylaws that govern what we can and can't do. So that's a little bit challenging. The other time is it's hard when people don't want to obey the laws, the policies and the bylaws. That's really challenging because we all get together and we all get along well if everybody does what they need to do. Uh, but sometimes people don't always see it that way. Um, all right. What is the most challenging part of being in the municipal government? Well, I think that when you're the mayor, you have an opinion, but you also have to lead, you have to lead by example in many cases. Also, that uh, you know, I've got to make sure that the, uh, the council chamber, when we're having meetings and the councillors are there, that everybody is treated fairly and equally, and everybody gets an opportunity to speak. And there's uh, called Robert's Rules of Order, so you sort of follow a, a, a proper protocol to do things. Uh, from that perspective, um, you know, there's there's many facets to this job that makes it very, very interesting. And it, it's one that is hard to describe in like two minutes like we're doing now because it, uh, there's, there's very pieces that aren't as much fun as others. Uh, having to tell somebody that we didn't get grant money, that we can't do something that we wanted to do or we don't have the money to make things better in our community is always a challenge. Uh, well, at this moment, I will have Vanessa come and ask a question. All right. Hi. Um, how do you think the public sees you? Well, I think the public used to see me as somebody that was out and about quite a bit talking to people, uh, from a person that's approachable a person that will hear their concerns from that perspective. I believe that people are generally happy with what they see as mayor based on being acclaimed in the last election that no one ran against me. Not sure if nobody wanted the job that, I, uh, wanted the job that I'm in or uh, what, how to take that piece of it. But, you know, generally I think people are happy with what they see the city doing and they look to me for that or, and it's just not myself, it's actually a combination of people. City council set direction, administration delivers on those expectations and uh, hopefully we're meeting the needs of the community. Okay, thank you. You're welcome. All right. Um, 
In your opinion, what makes someone an expert? Well, it depends on the industry you work in. I knew once worked in the oil and gas industry, and some people said you had to be 150 kilometers from home to be an expert. That was a joke we used to share because uh, people would hire people locally, or they'd want to always hire people from out of town for various reasons. And there's there's reasons that way. An expert can be someone that is very thorough in a subject field and a subject matter expert, as they say, because you know the field that you're discussing very, very well. Uh, experience is a good expert. Education can make you an expert. And a combination of experience and education makes you even more knowledgeable about the things that you're talking about. All right. Um, you can sit to yourself an expert. I consider myself somewhat of an expert about the city of Lloydminster as I'm learning each and every day more and more about our city's history, about how our city operates, what's happened in our city. From that perspective, I guess that uh, people tell me I know a, a fair amount about what goes on in the city of Lloydminster because when I explain how things happen from the governance and education and healthcare and all the pieces. I'm somewhat of an expert on the city of Lloydminster, but I know there's people that know an awful lot about our city that I'd have to say they are experts too. All right. Well, have, have, has there been times where that you felt discouraged as a mayor? Yeah, uh, it's you can get discouraged very easily if you don't try and stay positive because there's a lot of challenges. We are all, and you know, we, we're, you guys are experiencing it with COVID just like everybody else and your families and at school and at recreation facilities. It's It can get really daunting. And is it going to get better? And yes, I, I believe it's going to get better. But you can get discouraged by watching uh, all the, the items that when everybody says everything's so bad because it's actually, we're pretty good it could always be worse a lot of people still are working in the city of Lloydminster and around uh, the oil and gas industry is still functioning we have a lot of business in community as well as we've all pretty much get enough to eat every day and we have a dry roof over our heads so in some very simplistic terms things aren't too bad but you can also say, well, it wasn't as good as it was in the past. And that's true in some facets. But I also appreciate that we can drive home in about five to seven minutes now rather than have to take 15 or 20 when there was lots of traffic in the city. So it depends on which way you look at it. All right. Well, what made you want to keep on going? As a well, uh, when I got elected in 2016 for the first time, there was some items that as I got into being mayor, I went, wow, it'd be nice to see these finished. So last year, when uh, running for 20, in the election of 2020, they, we want, I really want to see the wastewater treatment plant finished. It was a project we started back in 2016 when we got elected as the council and myself as mayor. And we will see it finished in 2023 and operational. And I think that'll be really good to see because that's a, that was a long-term project. project for the, it's the largest we've ever tackled. We'd like to see it get to the Line. There's some other things that we're working on that I hope we get finished before my term is up in 2024. All right. Well, uh, what do you think failure has to do with success? Also, when did you fail and how did it help you? Failure and success are very, very important because if you don't fail, you don't get conditioned because we don't always succeed. So 
uh, one of my personal failures, I guess, was that I went in, I bought into a small company that turned out to not be, it wasn't a success, it was a failure because there was multiple issues to it. And that really made me much more aware and, and uh, informed about a lot of things. And you asked about an expert. What, what makes a good expert? Experience and education. And that was an, a, purely an experience. So when you fail, it may give you experience that you'll go, I don't want that to happen again. Sometimes things are in your control and sometimes they're not. So uh, when you play on a team, if you don't win, is that a failure? I don't think it is. But some people might feel it that way. And because the team didn't pull together, that could lead to success. If the whole team goes together and is successful, just like your, your uh, basketball team at the school or you're playing floor hockey at lunchtime or doing whatever you're doing, you can pull together as a team. Do you, if you've given it your full best effort, you have had success. You may have failed. One can fail themselves when they don't put the best effort forward. So there's a couple of different answers of failure and success, but I think uh, don't be afraid not to succeed, but you plan to succeed. You know, most people don't plan to fail, but because uh, you fail to plan, that's another thing that might come into. You know, did you have the complete strategy and did you think about everything before you went into the one? So there's there's very piece of, many pieces to it. All right. Um... When it comes to your life goals, do you think you've reached the peak of the mountain or is there still more to climb and achieve? There we go. There's more to climb and achieve, but I don't know what those lie what lies ahead for me. Uh, I, I haven't got a specific set of goals that I want to accomplish. I think that uh, life will uh, lead me to where it's going to take me. And uh, my wife and I will decide what we're going to do next after I'm finished being mayor, whatever that is. And then we'll go from there. All right. Um, at this moment, I will have Tegan come up and ask, a, and ask a couple questions for you. All right. Thanks, Jax. Jackson. Hello, my name is Tegan. How is how has COVID affected running a city? What are some challenges? What are some challenging things that COVID brings? Thanks, Tegan, for the question. COVID has done a lot of things in our city, so we haven't had a lot of uh, public events, uh, sporting events. I think I can tell you about more events that were cancelled. What has changed is how we do things each and every day, either at your school or at City Hall, in businesses and in homes. People are not uh, wearing masks more often. We have social distancing going on. We have face shields. We have hand sanitizer. It's been very challenging because of our uniqueness of our city being a bi-provincial city. People sometimes think that they live in Alberta. The rules for Alberta apply in the Alberta side of the city, which they don't. We follow all of the Saskatchewan rules because what's called the Lloydminster Charter makes Saskatchewan health and a healthcare emergency. Uh, those rules are applicable across the city. So we are following Saskatchewan, and uh, that is the way it works. So it's been a very challenging time being mayor and members of city council and administration trying to help people understand, uh, making sure that we provide as best as we can for the needs of people, 
the same time, uh, also following the laws of the province and the federal government. Thanks. You're welcome. Final uh, couple questions. Um, tell us about someone who you looked up to when you were younger. Um, let's see. I looked up to several different people, some family and sometimes friends of people, uh, for uh, to for various things for their knowledge and uh, the knowledge that they shared, the guidance that they provided, uh, some their ability to speak and to lead as leaders, others um, simply for their their work ethic and for what they have done to, to make lives better for people. So there were various people that I looked up to, often uh, looked to some of our first uh, politicians because when you're forging a country or a province, it takes a great deal of work and knowledge and commitment and you have to be uh, able to negotiate as well as compromise because you just don't make things happen as simple as we do today in some cases. If you can imagine when Saskatchewan or Alberta were created, the compromise that the, uh, the governments would have had to do, even in the government of Canada, when Canada was created in 1867, it took a lot of compromise for people to understand, but everybody, everybody wanted something and you have to come to a happy medium somewhere. All right. Um, at this at this moment, I at this time I'm going to open up the mic for any student to ask any question that they might have. Thank you. Hi, my name is Elizabeth. My question is, what's next for you? Well, what's next for me, as in, uh, after being mayor or as mayor? Um, for both okay well as mayor we have uh, a term of i've got about three and a half years of a term left that we are going to continue to try and improve the services and uh, the facilities in the city of lloydminster uh, such as the wastewater treatment plant that we're building we're going to be making plans about the replacing the civic center uh, as a community, we're going to be opening a new library here in another couple months in the, the Lloyd Mall. There's going to be a new Lloyd Cultural and Science Center building opened uh, later this summer or later in the fall. So there's a lot of great, exciting things coming. I'm hoping when COVID comes to an end that we're able to host meetings in in the city with the governments of Saskatchewan and Alberta, and we may even host the premiers and the and the, the cabinets from those other respective governments. For myself, after this job, I'm going to spend more time with my wife and my kids and hopefully do a little more fishing. That's uh, what I'm going to be doing. Yeah. Do you think you'll continue being there for many years? Well, uh, when I ran, uh, when I first got elected, I said I'd do it for four years, and I said the same thing in 2020. If I got reelected, I would serve another four years, and I'll be able to answer that question better for you in 2024. Uh, after I talk to my wife and my family and people in the community and see if they're happy with me being mayor, and if I'm still healthy and I want to be mayor, uh, then we'll talk about that in 2024. Thank you for answering my question. You're very welcome. Thank you for the questions. Hi, my name is Regan, and I was wondering how old were you when you became a mayor? 
I was 50 years old when I became a mayor. And I have another question. What is the Lloydminster Charter and how does it affect me as a grade seven student? So the Lloydminster Charter is an, an act of the legislatures of Saskatchewan and Alberta. And each legislature creates acts or laws that govern their respective province. In the case of the Lloydminster Charter, it is the only act that is identically worded because it's the same act in Saskatchewan and Alberta, both agreed to by the respective legislatures that govern and set the direction for the city of Lloydminster as to how city council works, our power, as city council and what we can do and what we can't do it and how it affects you in particular as a grade seven student is you are in a school that's located in the province of Alberta by where the school is located but you're following the Saskatchewan education curriculum and when you finish like the going to school at the comprehensive high school you will graduate with a Saskatchewan high school diploma even though you may live in Alberta on the Lloydminster side, uh, the Alberta side of Lloydminster, you may have gone to a, a school that's on the Alberta side of Lloydminster, and you're going to potentially graduate from a school in Alberta. You're going to come away with a Saskatchewan diploma. How is that possible? Because of the Lloydminster Charter says that education will follow the Saskatchewan curriculum. So that's what the teachers and the, the principals follow ensure the school boards ensure that you have an education from high school and in the same health you may be an alberta resident saskatchewan health care rules apply to you and that's why uh, at your school and in the community because of the lloyd minister charter so that's two items i can tell you about that the charter affects your day-to-day -day lives but you don't really notice any difference because that's the way it happens in Lloyd Minster. Thanks for answering my question. You're welcome. Uh, hi. What are the challenges and the opportunities in governing a bi-provincial city? So some of the challenges that our city experiences being a provincial city is you have to deal with two sets of government when we're talking about grant applications and funding mechanisms, as well as certain rules. So we have to report what's going on with our city finances to different governments. And we have to answer questions from both respective governments, depending on when someone from Regina or Edmonton calls and looks for information about our city. The opportunities, I think, that exist with our bi-provincial city is some of the same things that are also challenges. We work with two governments. Sometimes governments work together and sometimes they don't. Right now we have two premiers talk to each other and it's Saskatchewan and Alberta quite regularly. So being able to talk to one of them and get the other one to agree is a little easier than when they don't talk to each other. So that's one of the opportunities. The other opportunity is that share and I think better qualities different things that happen in Alberta with Saskatchewan. If something's better we're not doing in Alberta. I'll share that with the government and with my fellow municipalities, mayors, and things like that. So we always have the ability to learn a lot more than others because we're seeing two different sides of every story. So it's that's the opportunity to come with. And I get to twice as many meetings as a lot of people because we go to meetings in Saskatchewan, we go to meetings in Alberta. 
because we belong to both provincial associations that of municipalities. So it's it adds complexity. It's a challenge, but it's also an opportunity. Thanks. You're welcome. Hello, and my name my name is Jack, and my question is: Are there different types of governments at municipal level? There are, from the perspective that there are what we call urban municipalities or cities, towns, and villages. They're also known as summer villages and uh, in Saskatchewan, the northern communities. Then there's the association that represents rural municipalities in Saskatchewan. Alberta has a similar arrangement. It's called the Alberta Urban Municipalities Association, and it represents that list again of cities, towns, and villages. But then there's the Rural Municipalities Association of Alberta that represent those areas that aren't under AUMA. So there are different representatives and different organizations that municipalities can belong to. In Alberta, as an example, there are specialized municipalities that have both urban and rural, as they're known, and they belong to both associations. So it's it's a little bit confusing depending on where you're at. We also belong as a city. We belong to the Federation of Canadian Municipalities, which is a federal organization of all municipalities, both rural and urban, and get together and discuss common issues that we all share. Thank you. You're welcome. Yeah, my name is Tima, and my question for you is, what is your favorite memory being a lawyer? I'm not, not a lawyer, being a mayor. My favorite memory. Wow, I have a lot of great memories so far as being mayor. I think that, uh, oh, I don't know which one's the, the, my favorite. Uh, it just, there's so many great memories. I'll, I'll be honest. I guess my favorite memory is winning my first election. That'll be my likely one that I will never forget uh, from that perspective. But in the same token, uh, as a mayor of the city, there's been just numerous opportunities to to cut ribbons and be able to bring greetings to people. And uh, there's I've got some great hopes that yet to happen to make some better memory yet. So maybe I'll be able to answer that question when I'm done being mayor because I, I don't have one specific city event or a thing that happened that was the best other than having, being elected mayor in, 19, in 2016. Thank you for answering my question. You're welcome. Hi, um, my name is Blake, and my question is, what is the best advice you've um, come across as a mayor? Some of the best advice is to make sure that you listen to people's presentations when they're chatting with you, either in person, you're uh, uh, on a telephone, or you're reading an email. Uh, the other piece of advice is don't always, if someone is not happy with you, don't respond immediately. Wait a little while, like 24 hours to reply to an email because uh, you let sometimes you let your thoughts and your emotions get in the way of giving a, a clear and straight answer because you're emotionally charged, as they referred to. So sometimes you just need to take a little time and think about what someone's concern is or their their issue and make sure you get all the information before you reply. Thank you. Thank you, Michael. All right. Well, um, thank you for coming, Mr. Mayor Albers. I, I hope you had an awesome, I hope you have an, aw an awesome rest of your day we learned a lot about the municipal government and being a mayor. 
thank you to my classmates for the questions, and thank you, listeners. Have a great day, and stay tuned for the next episode. Thanks, Jax. episode where Ryder talks to an auto mechanics expert. Thank you all and goodbye and have a great day. We'd love to hear from you. Send your questions, show ideas, or any other feedback to talkingtoexperts at gmail.com.